When I first found Schedulicity, it was a great way to make appointments from anywhere and really know when I was and wasn't working. Then I started using it for marketing purposes and time management needs. It's been so great. Throughout the years, they've supported me in so many ways, and through their Schedulicity Cares grant, I have been able to make my salon a much more green and friendly environment. It's really meant a lot to me, everything that they've done over the past few years, and especially throughout this shutdown. I mean, it's just an amazing thing to offer your product to people in a time when we need it most. Thank you, Schedulicity. Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Natuno, CEO and founder of Schedulicity, and we're proud to bring you this amazing podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? Hey, uh, again, uh, second take, second second interview. It's all about the twos today. Uh, we have uh, the blessing of Daniel Mason Jones, part two. Right. Um, you know, I was saying earlier how just in awe of the, of the human being, than I am of uh, Daniel. DMJ <laughs> and uh, you know just his, his journey everybody's heard his journey but uh, today we're, we're talking about branding and how to make a million dollars behind the chair and that's crazy uh, talk yeah and like, like I said earlier I, I, I'm in awe I can't even fathom how to make a million dollars behind mm-hmm. the chair so if you know you're listening to this uh, podcast pull over if you're driving make sure you get a pen and paper take notes because it's going down today yeah he's, <laughs> if you're trying to get paid today is the day you know what i mean exactly um you know we want to thank uh pr partners and miss jackie davis for hosting us um they've been gracious enough and if uh jackie davis if you heard of that name you probably uh in well we did a podcast with her number two podcast number two yep right? exactly so make sure you go back if you haven't heard jackie davis uh listen to that podcast because she's an amazing individual herself um you know I, like i'm so excited so uh, let's let's jump in should we jump in yeah mr daniel mason jones thank you for joining us again right yeah on your day off thank you thanks man um <laughs> We're good. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, thanks, man. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that you're, like, actually in our town. Like, like in our t- I, When I found out that you all lived in D.C. and that I was coming to D.C. to do your programs, I was like, is this really happening? Especially in Las Vegas. Right. Here we are. So here we, we are. are. It was meant to be, right? It's absolutely meant to be. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, exactly. um, go ahead. Now, so when we did part one, you know, and obviously, you know, people are hearing part two on Thursday and part one was on Monday. So, uh, we got your story, you know, and we barely got into, um, the branding and and the financial part of it, you know, and that's what today's about. 
how do we get started? I mean, just how do we start branding ourselves or how do, how do we get started? You know, that's a great question. And I love to teach branding to people because I think it's one of those conversations and topics that is overlooked. Let me just start out by asking you a question. If you're branding yourself or let's get out of the branding topic period as hairstylist, as colorist, how many times do we have customers that sit in our chair that we know they don't belong with us? We do their hair, they're never happy, we're never happy, we go home, we beat ourselves up because we felt like we didn't give them what they deserved or they needed. Right, if you're, if you're a hairdresser that serves the way that I do. Yeah, that's And so me. you go home and you're like, I can never make this person happy. Well, they were the wrong brand. It took me many years in my career to establish that I was doing the wrong people. I had the people that thought they could text me. Nowadays, they would send Instagram messages like, hey, can you get me in at three o'clock on Thursday? You have to stop and ask yourself there, well, there's this old saying, what you permit, you promote, right? But not only that, when they're texting you and demanding appointments, demanding discounts, they're seeing you as a servant versus a service leader. So wow. there's the first fail. So making sure that you're branding exactly who it is that you want to do business with. When people would come to me in the, in the past, you know, 15, 18 years ago, I had my first price increase, and they were like, oh, your prices went up. They did. They did because the demand on time went up. So the people that couldn't see the value in my work and, and what I had like invested in my career and education, they didn't belong with me, but I would allow them to beat me down and feel like I wasn't good enough to charge the prices that I knew that I was supposed to be charging. So you would, like, discount their... Uh, yeah, yeah. So they're like, no, I don't want to pay that, and you're like, okay, okay. Exactly. So right. they, you kind of feel like you're hostage as a hairstylist. And that goes for anybody in the beauty business, period. So I just started to brand myself among people that were of a higher caliber because I was in an upscale salon. We had a private, dedicated shampoo experience. We had everything in the salon was beautiful. So when these people were coming in, which I would now call them Groupon customers, <laughs> when they came in, they were looking for a discount and bargain. I'm like, I don't look like a discount. I don't speak like a discount. I don't dress like a discount. And my level of expertise affords me to charge the prices that I do. And in fact, I feel that I don't charge enough. What do you charge? Um, I'm actually... I think pretty cheap for the area. I'm in the Atlanta market, and my haircut blow dries are only ninety eight dollars. Wow. Do you uh, do you? It's ninety eight dollars for a uh, haircut and a blow dry. Mm -hmm. What about a color service? Um, my partial highlights start at one sixty eight. My full foils are two twenty eight. My base color single processes are ninety eight, and like formal hairstyles one fifty. So to me, that's very like streamlined price. Especially when we take a look at our customers coming in with Louis Vuitton. Goyard bags, Prada bags, and they're, they're telling us they need discounts, but they're carrying these bags that we can't even afford to carry. <laughs> right. Right. But what's, what's beautiful about that is that those are prices, especially in the D.C. area, right? I mean, that's probably on average. You know what I mean? Right. And he's doing a million dollars with those numbers. I do ridiculous volume. Right. My highest day was 47 customers in a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's cutting color. So when I go that's home, Jackie. <laughs> I'm cross-eyed. I'm eating Motrin for dinner. Like, right? <laughs> so, um, but it's just what I do, and I love it. I've I've always worked in this sort of hustle, so I don't know any other way. Right, right. How, and I, I don't want to know. How do you way. do 47 clients in a day? Well, I work with associates in the salon, 
and I was I was just teaching another class this past weekend and people were really involved in this class and they were like I'm nervous to have an associate and I and I'm gonna have a big conversation on this podcast and say to all the listeners why are you nervous to have an associate we say that we're professional we say that we want to live the lifestyle of a true professional but we do everything the opposite of a professional you go to the dentist the hygienist cleans your teeth you go to an attorney the paralegal does the work you go to a doctor the PA does the blood pressure and temperature why would I not allow somebody to shampoo and blow dry my customer right so if I were seeing on average of 10 customers a day 30 minutes for shampoo and blow dry that's 300 minutes correct right how many hours is that six and a half hours six and a half hours multiplied by eighty dollars is what five hundred bucks a day times five days a week that's twenty five hundred dollars a week times fifty weeks a year it's one hundred and twenty five hundred thirty thousand dollars a year that you're missing out on just by shampooing my gift isn't shampoo and hair my gift is artistry so if i can train somebody else to have the lifestyle that i have pay them to do the job experience more people it all works out. It makes so much sense. Take that 125000 a year over a lifetime of a 20, 20 or 30-year hairdresser, you got $3 million. Most of us will never retire. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's the, I mean, not retiring. I think you said that last time in the podcast. And I mean, that's, I think, what hit the hardest, right? Yeah, we like, don't retire. Like, like, how often do you see, like, a retirement party? Never. Well, there's that one on Facebook, but she's like 106 years old. So <laughs> right? that's who we're playing I saw her, for. I was right? like, what? <laughs> yeah, her birthday is November 26th. She's 100 years old. I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm not doing hair at 100. I'm going to be on a beach. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> on a beach. So, so, okay, so we talked about, you know, we got a little bit about branding, and then we're talking about kind of where the numbers are. Let's, let's kind of fill that gap. Sure. Right? So, you said it's all about branding yourself in a, in a way that you're not discounted, right? Correct. How, what's so, that look like, Daniel? Yeah, I, I, so how let me do I make myself? Let me explain this in the most easy way that I could explain it to you. So I would say that my brand is equivalent to Louis Vuitton uh-huh. or Gucci. If I were to go into a hotel experience, my brand would be something similar to a Ritz-Carlton Four Seasons Hotel. If I were to go into a restaurant, it's going to be a high-end restaurant, five-star. If it were a vehicle, it's probably going to be an exotic Porsche, because you guys know it always comes back to the Porsche. Daniel's obsessed with Porsches. Obsessed with that car. And uh, so when you look at those cars, so let's, let's, take, let's start with a car. If you go to a Chevrolet dealership, how many cars are on the lot? A ton. Yeah, a ton. A yeah. If you go to a Porsche dealership, how many cars are on the lot? A few. Not as many. <laughs> if you go inside the showroom and custom order your Porsche, it's an elevated experience. Right? I have options everywhere. When you go into a super high-end restaurant, the minute you walk in the door, it's beautiful. It's clean. They're dressed professionally. They look great. You sit down at the table. They lay a menu on the table. It's always a cocktail list first. I don't drink, so I know that. It's the first thing I have to look at. I'm like, oh, just bring me the bread. (laughs) So they bring out this cocktail list. They never apologize for a $200 bottle of wine or a $20 cocktail 
for a $15 glass of wine. They don't apologize for that. They tell you what it is, where the grapes are from, and that's it. They give you the experience. Followed right behind the appetizer, the entree, and always a dessert. You go to a Ritz-Carlton, we go there every single New Year, and it's amazing to me. Two years ago, I figured out the system. I was like, we get out of the car, they hand us a bottle of water, an apple, and like a, a wet cloth for your hands. It has like an infused scent on it. We get out of the car, and we walk inside, and the gentleman says, welcome back, Mr. and Mr. Mason Jones. Nice to see you again. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> How do you know who I am? When we pulled the car through the valet, they had a headpiece in their ear, right? So they, they said our last name. We went inside. The receptionist had already pulled up our last name, knew what our service history was. We went inside, and they said, we saw you last year. How was your year? It was an exceptional experience. I immediately brought that back into the salon and made sure that our guest coordinators, when they're greeted at the front desk, aren't greeted in a typical way that they're always greeted in our salon before. So they come in, we have their name pulled up, we already know their history, what they purchased last time, what their last visit was, and we talk about it. That way they feel like they're part of the process. Even with 18... So what is it, your receptionists are talking about it? Yeah. So they're talking about the whole... starts at the front. Right. And then we, the service provider, do the same thing. So it all comes down to knowing who your customer is. My customer is a high-end customer. I have the... I have the higher end middle class and I have the high end customer. So I know that their experiences when they, when they shop, when they eat, when they travel are elevated. So when they come into my salon and I don't meet them where they live to at least give them the option to say no, that I've already lost value. And as hairstylists so many times because we come from blue collars, the majority of us, we've never lived in that lifestyle. So we feel like we're doing something dirty about offering them something to cost more money. That makes so much sense. You know what I mean? Because they're used to living in that lifestyle. Right. Just because we're not, we're afraid. Exactly. You know, or we feel that we don't, we don't deserve it or we don't belong. And so we hold ourselves back. But everybody wants to belong to a club, right? Look at Louis Vuitton, Starbucks. What is the appeal with Starbucks? Everybody is coffee. <laughs> but everybody wants to drink that $7 coffee. Right. They want to belong to the club. Everybody wants to belong. If you don't believe that from the moment that you're old enough to give a hug, the reason we hug is to let people know that they belong to our community. So we just want to belong. So when they come into our salons, we're treating them differently than they're being treated elsewhere if you're in that, in that particular element. And I understand there's all different types of salons. Right. But that's right. the one that you're in, right? That's where I'm at. Okay, cool. Right. So, so whatever salon that you want or you're trying to portray, live it. Right. You know, don't be afraid. Make sure your employees are not afraid. Make sure your receptionists aren't afraid. Everybody engages. Exactly. Like, if I were a kitty salon and I did only kid haircuts, I'm going to see if I can partner with the local McDonald's or Chick-fil-A to do something with them. Offer, like, fun braids or something mm-hmm. there on one of the kid nights. That's definitely not my brand. So I'm going to go to Louis Vuitton. I'm going to go to Nima Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, and offer fashion shows. I'm going to let them know that we have a team of artists that can rock out the hair. Because that's our brand. That's where we want to dive into. So know, know your brand, be your brand. And I always say this, people will buy you if you sell you. But they can't buy you if you don't sell you. And the other thing that we do with, with branding is we're so all over the place because we want to do everybody's hair, everybody's skin, everybody's makeup. Everybody's not your customer. So if you confuse people, you lose people. 
I love all the mantras. Yeah. <laughs> Dropping all kind of Write them down. Write them down. <laughs> Tattoo it in your arm. I got it on the podcast. Right <laughs> hey, so um, how is your, like, have you had to uh, change the verbiage or, or for that experience? Like, how's the of verbiage course. changed and what, what does that look like? You know, inside of our salon, we don't say shampoo bowl. It's a treatment center. Right. So. That sounds better. It, our estheticians, we don't talk about brow waxes. We talk about brow contours. We talk about cleanups. We don't say bang. We say fringe. We don't say gray. We say non-pigmented hair. So when you elevate your verbiage, you just sound better. I have a quote on my Instagram, which, by the way, is Daniel Mason Jones. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> little, surprise. Little plug. Talk about branding. <laughs> and uh, I have a, a quote on there from a poet, Hafiz, and it says, the words you speak build the house you live in. Right? Wow. So if you speak poverty, you live poverty. If you speak abundance, you live abundance. All right, Corey. Speak abundant, baby. Yeah, we got to speak <laughs> abundant. Speak abundant. Hey, um, let's talk about, like, the history of, like, um, hair. And I know that you brought it up again last time, but I just kind of – I think it works better here. Is, like, what, um, what are the visits like? When the customers come in? No, no, I mean, like, like when like, – like, how has the industry changed? Like, I think you were saying, like, there was, like – Oh, we've dropped the, the visits inside yeah, the salon. Yeah, yeah. So studies are showing right now that customers used to come into the salon 9.1 visits a year on average, and now it's been decreased to 5.1 visits a year. What does that mean to somebody that's coming out of beauty school now? When we started, you had to have 150 customers booked every five weeks, and you would have a solid system. Now, they have, that means they have to have 300 potential new guests inside the salon to even maintain an 80% busy rate on the book. Wow. Wow. So, huge, and everybody's right? like jumping on this whole Instagram, and believe me, I love Instagram. It makes me a lot of money. <laughs> but everybody's trying to get all these cool kids on Instagram. It's fun. It's great to get those shots, but they're not your bread and butter. It's the customers that have non-pigmented hair that need to come in every four to five weeks that are going to pay the bills because they have money. And, like, I love all the fantasy fun hair. It's cool. But the people that can afford to wear that hair are the people that want to wear that hair can't afford a 3 or $400 hair color every five weeks. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would rather have the Judy's <laughs> to fill my spaces, and then I'll put them on Facebook, and then I'm going to do my other cool kids. I'm going to put them on my Instagram because I want to always be dual branding to both markets. That's so smart. So, so I guess, are those the only two social media outlets you use? Or do oh, you? absolutely not. No, no. Which, what other ones do you use? I'm all over YouTube, which also is Daniel Mason Jones. You somebody, imagine. Somebody here said they, they, they watched you on YouTube. Yeah. I think Clifford. Is it you, Clifford? Thanks for watching, Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube for me, what I do is, um, inside the salon, this is not going to be a social media class, but... What I do is I take a film on my, my regular phone, my iPhone, and always make sure I'm going to give you one tip, all of you listeners, just because I love these guys. But when you're videoing, always make sure to turn your, turn your phone to the side in landscape mode because it gives you the perfect pixels and the perfect size for a one-by-one one screen. And so I film in that, save it in my phone. I typically film in 30-second increments. That way I can drop it into iMovie and edit it very easily. But I know for Instagram, I want to keep my videos at one minute. But if I want to expand on the time, if I want to keep it five minutes and I take it over to YouTube, 
or over to Facebook. So what I might do is put music on it for Instagram, right? but then I'll expand the length of it and give you almost a tutorial or like a testimonial of what it is that I did or maybe just a how-to. Dude, how do you, like you're doing 47 clients in a day. How yeah. do you have time to like to shoot the videos and to shoot the pictures? Listen, or? you only have so much time. Why waste any of it? I see people like just wasting time all the time. It gets on my nerves. If I'm on the airplane, I'm working. I've got a podcast in. Your day off. Uh, <laughs> Branding plug. Just saying. Um, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm reading books. And people, like, they act like there's some secret pill to being successful in branding and marketing. There's not. You have to get up off your end. You have to work. You have to hustle. There's no such thing as work-life balance. You're going to work. Work now so you can balance later. Balance now. You'll work later. Whichever one you want to do. I don't want to work on a mold, so I'm going to get it done now. And uh, so I hustle 24-7, and I have the same 24 hours in a day as everybody else. So when people come to me, they're like, I'm so tired. I'm like, what is that? That's like a figment of your imagination. Drink more water, keep yourself hydrated, and work. You're fine. Coffee is my water. Unless you're bleeding or throwing up, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> okay, let's break, let's break down that 47. How, how did you do it? Let's go. Let's, so, so how does that look like? I mean, like... like so one of the biggest things that I do that makes perfect sense to me and absolutely to my customers, let's, let's retract what I said a minute ago. I do super high-end customers. Think if you're doing high-end customers, what do they do for a living? They're busy. So their time is worth a lot of money. So inside the salon, I will book in 30-minute increments. I'll book a single process on my associate and a balayage on me at the same exact time. So at 1 o'clock, from 1 o'clock to 1.30, they're with my associate for a single and me for a balayage. My associate will do the single process in the back while I balayage the front or vice versa, whichever one's done first. Right. And uh, so we do the services forehand versus two hands. And so how we explained that to our guests in the beginning was there's no better way to pamper you than offering you four hands versus two hands. And this is going to get you in for your appointment sooner but it's also not going to keep you inside the salon all day long because when I said earlier the visits went from 9.1 to 5.1 visits, the reason they left the salons wasn't price, it wasn't decor, it was time. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so like, time, so, uh, I guess... Uh, look at Uber. Right. And it makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense, right? So... So you four hands on a on a balayage and a color retouch or or a blow dry. How, how how about a haircut? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. But blow dry. So I might blow dry the front part of the head for my guest and my associate blow dries the back. If I'm in a situation which does happen and they have to do the entire blow dry. That's okay. I cut hair dry. So if the hair is below the chin, I cut it dry, knock it out, and then I will do the finish work, whether it's flat iron or curling iron. I always have the first say, the mid say, and the end say. So they know that I'm in complete charge of the appointment and not the associate. This also trains my associate. Here's the cool thing I told you guys in my last podcast. We have 18 people making over 100000 a year working 24 hours a week inside my salon. Wow. Man. That's because we train them this way. So I'm, I always call myself, when I got hired with uh, Salon Centric, they were like, we want to bring you on as an influencer. I was like, I don't want to be an influencer. I want to be a disruptor. I want to disrupt everything that's going on inside of our industry because I'm sick of seeing people literally live paycheck to paycheck, never going anywhere. So I want to shake everybody up. I don't care what kind of situation you're in in beauty. 
we got to make a change. Wow. So how how do you? I'm still trying. How, how do they get to a hundred thousand? You have eighteen people. I mean, is it is it pricing? Is it when do they raise their prices? I mean, we have we have a system where it allows them to grow inside the company. We call it a very defined career path. So we have six levels. We know that at level one inside my company, your very first level, you're making fifty-four to fifty-six thousand a year. At a level two, you're at seventy thousand. Level three, it just continues to go. Once you get to a level three in our company, you're building well. You get an associate. Mm-hmm. And I said earlier on the last podcast, they have 401k with 4% match. They have health insurance. There's no service fees. Like, we're doing the thing because they meet us halfway. They see what our vision is, and they jump on board with this culture. The craziest thing is the amount of people that have come to work with us from across the country. Like, That's they're amazing. moving there to be part of it. We just hired our fourth salon owner inside the salon. What? Yeah. yeah. How, well, they're, like, get- I, they're like, we're tired of doing this. It's yeah. stressful. And I like the system, so they've come to work with us. We met the one guy. Remember, you said he was a you're not a good, Yeah, you said you're not going to be a good fit. You can't, cannot come here. And then, <laughs> I'd begged him not to come to work with us. He sold his house short sale. I met him nine years ago in a class. Sold his house, came to work with us. Funny enough, he did the exact same number that I did my first year was 117 thousand. I was like, this is a sign. And <laughs> um, so yeah, he's uh, his name's Joe. He's been a hairstylist for quite a while, and he's at 300 thousand this year, working four days a week. 65 years old, too. Let me throw that in there. So he was like, I wish I would have had this system when I started because I wouldn't be doing hair at 65 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. What, um, how many associates does he have? One. So just one? Yeah. And how many associates do you have? Four. There's room. Four. I have so four. you're working four chairs? I work five chairs. Me plus four associates. Oh, wow. So I may have five nine o'clocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That sounds like one of my mentors from back yeah. in the day. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie Davis. Jackie Davis. That's incredible. So how does that not stress you out? Being poor stresses me out. <laughs> High five, right? That gives me a heart attack. <laughs> wow. That's, that's crazy talk. Um, so you said so you dry cut under the chin or under the shoulders? I'm if it's below the chin, it's a dry cut. If it's above the chin, it's a wet cut. So, so no do sh- they come in already shampooed and dried? Or you- Some do to save time. We call them lunchtime haircuts, um, express haircuts, express colors. We've figured out the system. I do something too, uh, boliage. Boliage. Uh, boliage. And I kind of branded that whole thing. So people are always asking me, how do you do your boliage? So I can do a boliage, $108, three minutes at the shampoo bowl or treatment center as we call it. Um, what's a boliage? A boliage <laughs> <laughs> is where typically where you take somebody that's a level seven, eight, nine, uh-huh. and you can mix a 40 volume developer. And I have my favorite lightener, of course, and I towel blot the hair, get most of the moisture out and just paint it on really beautiful hand painting. I have that on my social media again. And uh, it's a quick process. A lot of times people are like, why are you doing it on wet hair? Well, wet hair swells. So it absorbs the color faster. It's not technically wet, but it's damp. So it absorbs the color faster, it lifts, and boom, you've got blonde hair. Wow. That's crazy. That is. There's a million ways to make money, guys. Yeah. Apparently, you're finding them all. I hope. <laughs> One of my mentors said you had to have seven streams of revenue. I was like, mm, got it. Got it. Boom. Done. <laughs> hey, so uh, let's talk about, like, online booking. Yes. Like, it's, it's such a... Uh, I know most salons or most certainly most softwares um, make it available. Do yes. you guys do it in your salon? Absolutely not. Why not? Again, when it goes back to a high-end service, mm-hmm. our customers, 
What is your favorite word? Oh, you don't want my favorite word. Yeah. It's your name. <laughs> your favorite word is your name. Everybody loves to hear their name spoken. You don't hear that through an app. We've become so dehumanized through everything that when we call, when people call our salon, it's a friendly person that they know. We, rot we rotate our guest coordinators out. So they're either in the call center or they work the, the front area. So they know who the guests are when they call. And just to give like one point of reference of how we know you and how's your children or whatever, it really makes a difference. And our guests always acknowledge that. Like, it was so nice talking to so-and-so on the phone when I called up here. They're always so happy. We change our greeting every single month also. So every, every month our greeting changes when our coordinators answer the phone. It's not, thank you for calling me Salon and Spa, because that's expected at every salon across America. So maybe it's fall in a great style, or happy, or holiday hair begins at Mew Salon and Spa, or spring into beauty at Mew Salon and Spa, or whatever it is. There's, everything should always be changing. As hairstylists and artists, we should be changing our, our artistry. And as front desk, whatever the role is inside the company, it needs to be always fresh and updated to keep things current. So people know our brand is always evolving. So do you have a, a, a big kind of salon meeting, or do you just kind of like work with your managers in, in, in the back? I mean, both. What yep. do your salon meetings look like? Oh, my God. <laughs> Our uh, salon meetings are off the hook. Like, they're ridiculous. We right. dance. We party. We, we're like high-fiving. We celebrate. So for one hour, so it's typically the first Friday of the month, we are like, who jumped a level, who got an associate, whose associate became a stylist, who paid off a credit card, who got a new car, who got a new house. We celebrate everything that we can inside the salon because, well, life's short. Celebrate right. it. So there's always something good going on. So what about, though, like when information needs to be passed? Like how does, what does that look like during a meeting? Or does it happen um, at a meeting? Some information is passed in the meeting. We have a couple of different apps that we use to communicate with our staff depending on where, what level they are, where they are inside of our company. We have Facebook group, of course. Um, we have an app that we use on our phones. I can't think of it right this second, but we send messages through that way. All of our education leaders inside the company, they're communicated with a different way. We send videos. So if somebody's training uh, in the associate program to become a level one, and I can't see their work because often I'm super busy, mm -hmm. they'll film that on their phones, send it to us, which gets them comfortable in the very beginning as a new artist of working in front of a camera and learning how to video appropriately. So then they have to send those videos to us through email. We check off their work to make sure that they've got everything that they need to hit to become one of our professionals. That's brilliant. That's actually super smart, right? Do you have a criteria of when, I guess, obviously, to get on as an associate, but at each level, is there a, Absolutely. a, a, a number you got to hit? Yes. So like a service number? or Yes. So, I have one of my stylists. What, what, are, you, what are your numbers? Book? Yeah. Um, we used to do guest per day, but we don't do that any longer because there's so many high-ticket services, such as extensions, Brazilian blowouts, straighteners, whatever they are. So, and those services dedicate a lot of time. So if, if somebody did a full head of extensions and it's $2,000 mm -hmm. versus somebody did 10 haircuts at $50 a piece, $500, it wasn't fair to promote them that way. So we started going through numbers to jump through. Uh, retail is huge in our salon. We, we are between 25 to 30% retail to service in our company. So for all the people that say, oh, Amazon's stealing my business. No, you gave Amazon your business because you're lazy. You're not talking about products. You're talking about sex, drug, and rock and roll. You're not talking about shampoo and conditioner, and Amazon will take your business. 
Wow. Because it's easy. My program's called Make Money, Not Excuses. You're only making money or excuses. You can't make both. So, so yeah. Um, what so, um, I, how, I was saying, how do you... How you do guys you, are good. You're like, boom, boom, boom. How do you influence them on, on retails? I mean, do you have a system that of course. you put them through? We... Uh, I like how he answers everything with of course. Of course. Right. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Silly birds. <laughs> Crazy guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a system for everything inside of our company because, look, if, if A plus B doesn't equal C, something failed. So a lot of times people will run around in circles trying to figure out why something didn't work. Well, something didn't work because you didn't have a system in place. If you gained weight... Oh, we're back to the brownies. Something failed, we? right? Yeah, yeah. I would like another brownie, but just kidding. Um, so there's got to be systems in place for that. One of my girls, she just she was she became a stylist in June last year. So she, we're almost at a year and a half right now. Her first year on the floor, or sorry, her first month on the floor, she did eleven thousand three hundred. I did a Facebook live with her. She did seven thousand in retail. Her first month on the floor. So I took her to Spain. You took her to Spain. To Spain, absolutely. She deserved it. So it was fun for me. So we, we try to incentivize them different ways. I have to figure out what, what motivates. Everybody's motivated differently. And you have 67 employees, right? Yeah. So they, some are motivated by money, some are time off, some are trips, some are just a pat on the back. So I have to understand how each one, they're basically like my children. So I have to understand how to like, love and nurture them to where they need to grow. Some have to be tough love. Some just need a pat on the back and say, hey, you know what? You've got this. I see it on your face. Something's, something's wrong today. You got this. If you need, yeah. But what, I mean, when, when you sit down with them and you're, and you're teaching them how to sell retail or how to yeah. present, what does that look like? I mean, give, it, give us the Listen, give us in the life, juice, there's two things. Right. There's problems. There's solutions. The customer comes to you and says, my hair faded. That's a problem. So either you're going to meet them with a problem or you're going to meet them with a solution. And a lot of times, hairdressers are lazy, and they talk about the problem. So you have an artist that's doing hair. Somebody comes in and says, oh, my God, my hair is frizzy. I live in the South. We have humidity. My hair is frizzy. The stylist goes, oh, God, my hair is frizzy, too. So they go off on this tangent talking about frizzy hair that leads to going to the beach, that leads to a new Bacardi rum. You missed the sale. The customer said, I have frizzy hair. All you had to say is, I have products that are, I'm looking at a line right now that I'm very familiar with in the salon here for frizzy hair. And all you have to say is, I understand that your hair is frizzy. I want to tell you about this shampoo and conditioner. It is the bomb.com. This stuff is fantastic. It smells like baby Jesus or whatever. It's only $36. It's going to last you three months. You're looking at an investment of $10 a month, a Starbucks a month to protect your hair, to make it not frizzy. And I know you're going to love it. The customer says, give it to me. Instead of talking about all this other stuff. I tell the story. I used to work beside a guy. He would always talk about uh, the movie Titanic when it came out. He must have sold, at the time DVDs were a thing, he must have sold every DVD on the shelf of Titanic. <laughs> because he was like, the cinema, uh, cinematography was this, and the costumes, and the hair. And I was like, finally, I looked over. I was like, will you shut up about the Titanic? You're not getting paid. Your client's hair is ugly. Like, sell them a shampoo and conditioner. She comes in looking like a woolly mammoth. So, um, yeah, just it's about what we're talking about. Okay, so back up. So, so I, I have a client that comes in every four or five weeks. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, just, you just sold me something for three months. Like, there's no way to maintain a 25 to 30% average unless almost every client is walking out with something every time. So, so then 
you can't sell them another shampoo and conditioner. You're getting me like pumped up right now. So here's what we do in the morning. We get to work. We day plan. So we come to work on time. On time. 15 minutes early. At least. Uh-huh. And uh, that 15 minutes will let you retire. So what we do is we look at the customer's history and see By what By the way, they... I like that, right? 15 minutes will make you retire? It'll make you retire. 15 minutes your time. I think I'm onto something. I think you're onto something. We need to write that down. <laughs> so <Never> record it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what we do is we, we write down... So say the customer came in, her name's Sarah, and last time she was in, she purchased shampoo conditioner. She was in six weeks ago for a single process and balayage. Well, she's in this time for a single process. I understand that she's still got shampoo and conditioner, but she did not buy styling. So I write style on top of her name. So when she comes in, we immediately start talking about style products. Right? Seasons are changing right now. You're going to have static in your hair. It's going to be cold, so we need to make sure we have the proper amount of moisture to lay the cuticle down, especially for guests with fine hair. So just always planning. You can't win a battle if you don't go unprepared for war. That's pretty smart, right? Daniel's hacking the system. It is. I mean, do the thing. <laughs> right. The, uh, I, did a, I did a little experiment, and uh, it, is, it, it was truly amazing. Um, I, it, you know, it went from like a 10% average to close to a 20, 25% average. Mm-hmm. And all I did was these are, you know, so every product that touched her hair, I showed it to her. And then when she checked out, they were sitting there as a package. Choose the ones that you need or, you know, this, these are the products that I use today. You know, do you need any of these, right? Um, or word it any way you want to word it. But uh, it was amazing. It was a minimum of two products that she took every time. Absolutely. I was like, I mean, it blew me away in the sense because, you, you know, before you, you recommend it, but you didn't, you know, put it up there or you didn't, you, know, you left it as that. And then a lot of times they didn't buy anything. Right. Exactly. But so, like, again, I wish you all could see this beautiful salon that we're sitting in now. It's amazing. And it's like the most perfect part of D.C. that I can tell. And uh, I walked in, it was like so well lit and perfect, but there's a retail area that I'm looking at. And if I were a a guest coordinator standing here at the front desk and I saw someone walking off the street because there's some beautiful brands here that would attract the consumer in. So the consumer comes in and they're looking at a product line. And I know as a professional that that customer has baby fine hair and she's looking at a line that's for hair that's extremely dehydrated. That's not going to be a good fit for her. Instead of walking over, in some salons, they don't even speak to you. Instead of walking over to her or shouting across the salon floor saying, hey, if you need anything, let me know, I would walk over to her, make eye contact, shake her hand, freak her out with a smile (laughs) and say, hey, look, I'm Daniel, one of the stylists here in the salon. I'm not sure if you're looking to purchase for yourself today, but if you are, the particular range that you're looking at is a beautiful line. However, I wouldn't recommend it for your hair because... XYZ. So I've already gotten her attention. The guard's going to come down because we are trained to go into any department store or wherever we go and shop to say, I'm just looking. So now her guard's down, and I would start to assess her hair, and I would simply ask her, you know, are you currently a guest in our salon? She's probably going to say, no, I was just walking by. And so then I would, I would take that opportunity to coach her on the products that she needs, and as she gets those products, I would walk her back to the guest coordinator or... If I were the guest coordinator, I would say, you know what, these are amazing. We have a 10-day re- return policy here at Muse Salon and Spa. And I want to let you know that these products are absolutely going to change your life. Clearly, you have an amazing hairdresser now. Your hair looks fantastic. But I would love to extend an invitation in for you. 
to come in and experience one of our associate level stylists for a complimentary blow dry and conditioning treatment. We would love to show you how to pair these products together and teach you how to use them appropriately. That way you don't feel like you're cheating on your stylist. Let us know when you would like to reserve that reservation. What do you think she's going to do? A free blow dry? That's crazy, dude. Why do you think dry bar is successful? Because the customers in their mind psychologically don't feel like they're cheating on their stylist. It's true. So now they come into the salon and they experience a private treatment room with their hair. It smells different. We speak different. You've got this indulgent, luxurious massage happening. You take them over, do a blow dry the way that we do them in our salon, and the customer's thinking, I've never experienced this. The next thing you know, you've got a customer for life. Yeah, so it's an associate. So if they want to come back for a haircut or a color, who do they see? We have a a full list of offerings with our guest coordinators and online where they can choose the level. And we often ask them when they come in the salon, we say something like this, we're not sure exactly how much money you allocate to your particular, particular beauty budget, but we want to let you know that we have three ranges of products. This is our entry level, this is our mid range, and this is our premier luxury line. Also inside of our salon, we proudly boast six levels of artists. You can get a haircut starting at 45 up to $108. But would, it, would one of your associates be doing one of those blow dries? Absolutely. So could they say, well, I want the guy you work with? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah. Does that happen a lot? We, because if they want her so to blow dry again, I'm, exactly. that's why they're coming back. We have so many talented artists inside the company that it's, it would be hard to pick, really. Right. That's pretty cool. So um, you were saying that if, if it was your salon, you would, you would be like um, you know, stationed in the front. Is there like a no back room policy in your – is it a policy or is it I just wish. like it's just culture? We, we have a, a room back there. I call it the broke room. And uh, all the broke people hang out there. <laughs> Every salon does what they do. <laughs> and uh, they're either broke in mind, spirit, and definitely pocketbook. But – I try to get them to come out of there. There's a reason that you're back there. And, and if you're listening to me, please don't be offended because if you know me at all, I come from a place of love with everything. The, um, as a hairstylist, if you've been a hairdresser for five years plus and you are scheduled to work a 10-hour day and you find yourself with six hours of downtime, it's time to have a conversation. It's time to self-reflect and say, why am I not busy? Is it my attitude? Is it my skill set? And the last thing you need to be doing is sitting back there in the broke room taking selfies or reading Cosmo magazine. You need to be working alongside another talented artist that is amazing and learning from them so that you can be busy just like they are. And that's why we don't stay in this business. You know, we we get in the business, we burn out, we become nurses and realtors all the time. And we could have way more freedom in life than either of those two careers if we just apply ourselves. You know, when when you guys started the podcast talking about my million dollar a year, it's it's still hard for me to think that I I know that I earned that, I know the life that I live, but it's still because I grew up the way, if you listen to podcast one, I I grew up that way, so in my mind I'm still poor, Right. right? I don't have a poverty mentality. I just, I don't think, I still work like I'm broke, not like I'm rich. Right, and I watch hairdressers that are broke work like they're rich. So it's weird how we we sh- we switch off. That's deep. It's true. <laughs> you know? Think about it. I yeah. mean, I work three jobs. I don't need to work three jobs. 
but I do because I love it. What are your three jobs? As an educator for L'Oreal Professional and Salon Centric Education. So, and that job is really complicated. <laughs> I do a lot of things. But uh, I, as, as I said in the last uh, podcast, I work between 100 and 120 hours a week. Wow. Right? I work like I'm broke. Broke. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want it, it's there for you to take it. And if, uh, I guess, if you don't want it, don't complain about I'll it. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> You'll take it. I'll take yours, too. Right. <laughs> he just said that, right? He gave, he gave the whole formula how to take them. <laughs> I did have a brown, and he took it. You know? <laughs> All right, Sorry, cool. we're going we're gonna, to we're take him. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to keep him. Yep. We like Daniel so much, we're going to keep him. <laughs> Help. Help. <laughs> So let's get into like discounts and stuff. Like, like no discounts at all. Not even a conversation. That's nope. it. Except yeah. for a free blow dry. We'll offer you something, a service for free that you've never had. I believe in either giving the services away for free mm-hmm. or charging full price. Period. Because if I'm saying, if you're a hairdresser listening right now, and you said you're on your Instagram saying, "Oh, twenty-five dollars off your first visit." Think about how rude that is to the customers that have been supporting you through all of your drama over the past 20 years. Right. Why wouldn't you offer them a discount? So we, in our company, we do $20 off your first visit through referral. So if someone refers you, they get $20 off for, for referring someone in, and the new guest gets $20, $20 off. That way it's even playing field for everyone. But I do not believe in discounts. My brand is just like, like I said in the beginning, like Louis Vuitton or Gucci. They don't discount. Right, right. You would never walk in and they have a 30% off sale. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Um, in the room, we have a couple, uh, a few young stylists, and we have a, a few that are in school. First year in school, what, what would you to do to, uh, to build that book as quickly as you could? Oh, my God. Social media, social media, social media. Brand yourself. Let everybody know what your distinct point of difference is. What are you amazing at? If I just say I'm a, a hairdresser, that is so vague, mm-hmm. right? I'm a hairdresser. I cut, I color. In the beginning, my haircuts were terrible. I can't, we can't, <laughs> I can't even go there. It was so bad. Thank God for the people that believed in me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say to you is just work as hard as you can. Stay focused on education. Network yourself to death. Back What's that in, look like? Back in the old day when I started, it was it was, there was a saying that we used to say. I, it was so old, I can't remember it right now. Um, it's not who you know, it's who know, or know it. It's who you know. Right. That's old. Now it's who knows you. So you need to make sure that more people know you than you know. Everywhere I go now, I get on airplanes, people know who I am, which is really weird. I was sitting beside a gentleman coming out from Dallas, and uh, he was very unlikely that he would know who I was. And he kept, like, leaning. It was a two-seat where I was. He was in the window. I was in the aisle, and he kept leaning over looking at me. And I was trying to ignore the fact that he was creeping on me, and I was like, <laughs> Is that Tony? <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he, uh, he had a very thick accent, and he's like, I need to ask you something. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, are you on the television? <laughs> And at the time, I had a TV show that was doing makeovers. And so he and his wife would watch my makeover show every week. And he was like, you're the guy that does makeovers. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Like this guy, is he was like a construction worker, not somebody to be watching a makeover show. So, But you never know who knows you. And that's why I always say be be kind to everybody. 
be kind, be kind, be kind, because you never know who's watching you and who you're influencing. That's massive. That's absolutely. Did you get that, Chris? <laughs> uh, I mean, back to it. So, so, so how would you get butts in seats? Oh, my God. I, I'm so excited about hairdressing. I wish I could do somebody's hair right now. Um, I was watching some people do hair a while ago. I was like, like thumping over here like oh. um, everybody knows that I'm so passionate about what I do I get so amped up about marketing branding social media classes business classes doing hair like hiring people recruiting people I just love life and I get so excited about it that everybody I feel like you have to come be a part of it because it's just I know I've got something good to give you right. so I want to give it all away so same thing if you go to a restaurant and eat you all have had an experience with a waiter or waitress is amazing. And you wind up eating everything on the menu that you weren't even hungry. But they were so passionate about it, you wound up ordering everything. They were like, you got to try this. Same thing as hairdressers. If you walk up to somebody with, with a lethargic attitude and you're like, yeah, I'm a hairdresser, your checking account's going to reflect that. It's going to be lethargic also. So whatever energy you put out is what you're going to get back in return. I always believe in vibration. So whatever you're vibrating out is coming back to you with the same frequency. So if you come at it like balls to the wall, get ready. That's awesome. So what does that sound like? Give, it, give, give, me, give, give me a little bit, Daniel. <laughs> so for me, I mean, I, I don't care where I am. I'm telling everybody that I'm a hairdresser. You could give me any topic in the world, and I'm going to turn it around to hairdressing. I don't care. As soon as I hopped on the airplane today, the two flight attendants, they were beautiful women. And I, I thanked both of, both of them for looking amazing. Because so many times on Delta here lately, the women look terrible as flight attendants. <laughs> you know, I have a couple Hashtag of, Delta. Yeah. I have a couple of flight attendants that are clients of mine, and I know that they have a particular protocol. Zach Posen designed these purple outfits that are a little bit hideous um, <laughs> for them. And they're supposed to not have hair touching their collar. And I look at these women, and they wear these sloppy ponytails on the plane. And I'm like, are you sick? I think the same thing for hairdressers. Like, if, if you have a sloppy ponytail as a hairdresser, female, like, it looks like you have the flu. How are you going to sell me hair when you right. look sick? Right. So I got on the plane, and these ladies, I was like, wow, I just, you ladies look amazing. Like, please don't be offended, but you look amazing. I fly every single week, and it's really nice for someone that works in beauty to get on the plane and see people that look beautiful. And they both, their days were made. They were like, thank you so much. I was like, well, it doesn't take a lot of effort to slick back your hair and put a little lip gloss on. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so if you're, um, That's if you're, your brand. again, if you're a young hairstylist, would you like recommend like a uh, Groupon or anything like that? Absolutely not. Negative. Nope. Don't do it. I think you have an opinion. Let's hear it. It's very strong. If you offer a $15 haircut the first time, and your haircut price should be $55, the customer that you're going to attract in that particular mindset and brand will always only see you as a $15 haircut. Now you're fighting from behind. Period. Yep. Give it kitty milk, it comes back for more milk. <laughs> what, uh, what is your acronym CURVE? CURVE. So that's funny. I was hired to speak to about 200 corporate executives in the hair world, not hairdressers, the people that power everything for I, us. I think we call the suits. Yeah, the suits and ties. Yeah. And uh, I was, I had pres uh, in my mind this whole presentation ready to go. It was 90% digital, 10% content heavy toward that market. And it was going to be everything from omni-channel marketing to um, e-commerce because this is a thing that's happening with our industry. 
because we're lazy. And so I had this whole presentation put together and the lady that was in charge of the event, she says, I wanna make sure that you're 10% digital and 90% content heavy. And I was like, oh my God. So I started writing down, I wrote down the word curve, like curve ball. And as I wrote down the word curve, I was writing it down in a vertical space and I was like curve. And so the first, uh, the C was for culture and to really embrace the culture that we're about. And U was for urgency. R was for responsiveness. V was for value and E was for emotion. And so I just started writing down curve and I would write down beside them culture. And what did, what did culture mean to me? And so when I think about culture for my particular salon, it was, it was happy, it was a positive environment, it was supportive. Uh, we all kind of cheer each other on. And then when I think about urgency, look at, we're going into the holiday season right now. For us as hairstylists, it's a, it's a tremendous disservice if we're not pre-booking our guests out three appointments right now. If they're coming in every four weeks, we need to book them four, eight, and 12-week appointments to make sure they're, they're booked through the holiday system so that we can serve them in our very best and they know that we're taking care of them. The R was, uh, so that's gonna be your responsiveness. How do you respond to the customer in an ever-changing market? Yeah, as a hairstylist, we're, we're up against everything. We're up against, oh my, I can't even think of all the things as a salon owner that I have to battle against, e-commerce being one of the biggest. But how do I respond to my customers in this ever-changing market? How do I always keep it fresh for them and get them excited to be part of this culture that we have at Musalon and Spa. Value is self-explanatory. I always quote Tom Ford, quality is remembered long after price is forgotten. And what we have to remember is when the customer comes in and they purchase hair, haircut, color, product, when they walk out of the salon, or barbershop, wherever they are, they feel buyer's remorse every time doesn't matter how many hugs you get, how many kisses, how cute they are, how many selfies on Instagram, they feel buyer's remorse. Even me at the, life, the lifestyle that I've created for myself, if I buy a pair of shoes that are three or 400 bucks, it's not gonna phase me, but I feel bad. Right. Every, I'm like, oh, Cause you got that poor mentality, right? Should I have bought those shoes? <laughs> then I wear them, I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> because the quality, the quality works. So, you always want to make sure that your value exceeds expectation. And, you know, I had the privilege of being a hairdresser during the recession. I think that was one of the most brilliant things that could have happened to me as a hairstylist. 2008, 2009, the market, people that were wealthy lost their portfolios by 50%. So if they had $100 million in the bank, they had $50 million. If they had $1 million, they had fifty or 500000 So things got real for a lot of people because everybody's wealth mindset is completely different. They were coming into the salon, and I was like, now's the time. I told my team, I was like, now's the time. You better make sure that you're given a scalp massage every single time. You can't just slap water around with suds. Like, you got to do the thing. That blow dry, you better take a curl and iron flat iron and make it extra special because they have options. And at that time, the other hairdressers were using Groupon. So if there was a customer that really did fall on a hardship, they were looking elsewhere. We had customers that were doing their own root, root touch-ups at home for the four weeks, and then eight weeks they would come to us to fix it like every time. <laughs> and so value really became a thing, and I think we're gonna see that again. I do follow Stop Market. I'm the one hairdresser that follows The Economist, and word on the street is 2020, we're gonna have another adjustment. So we've all gotten cocky and comfortable. So you're saying sell? I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm saying make yourself really amazing right now that you can't be replaced. 
No, I'm talking about my uh, portfolio. Oh. <laughs> do I need to sell? I would say keep it in there right now, but move that baby over to super conservative in, in the next six to eight months. All right. So, uh, but yeah, I think we always have to be, I think we need to be abreast with everything. I keep the stock market on my phone. I look every morning to see if it's red or green. I'm like, oh, green means go. Red means holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you know, all these things are important, and these are things that go through your customer's mindset every single time. You know, having your color mix when they get there, completely unnecessary. You need to have a consultation every single time. Even if they've been a level five for 35 years, you need to offer them level 6.3, just to see <laughs> if they want a difference. What, uh, what does your consultation sound like? Oh, my God, I love talking to people for the consultation, but it can't be long. And you can't open that can of worms. I've heard people do the uh, immaculate consultation where they're like, so tell me what you hate about your hair. That is the worst thing that you can ask somebody because you get a negative Nelly in your chair and they're just going to open up all the things. I don't have time for that. So I'm like, tell me the last time you loved your haircut. Tell me the last time you loved your this color. This is a first-time consultation. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll ask. I love color. I love I, My whole life is hair color. So um, in the South, they wear way too much makeup. So I'm always asking them, can I see the, in, the inside of their wrist? Mm-hmm. I need to see the true tone of their skin. So if they're yellow pigment, pink pigment, pink underlying, pink overlaying, to see what their pigment is so that I can make a correct formulation, look at their eye color, ask them do they have allergies. They just want to be talked to like they're important. I always let them know that I see the shape of their face. I'll pull the hair off their face. Your face is heart-shaped. You look amazing. What I would love to create today for you, if you're comfortable, is I would either love to eliminate some length so that we can create something really beautiful to enhance your jawline, or maybe let's play with the color. I think you have awesome eyes. Have you ever had balayage? And I'll talk about what balayage is, and then I'll let them know this is going to be an additional $80 or $98 to your service today. However, I feel, in my professional opinion, this is going to elevate your experience to the next level, and I know that you're going to be happy. Right, so when you go in it with confidence, they feel totally secure knowing that you've got this. Right. It's not just another color. And if you're kind of wishy-washy or maybe, you know, yeah. they're not, they're not going to trust you. No, absolutely not. And, you know, a lot of times our customers are coming in, and I teach this in my social media classes, customers are coming in with Pinterest pictures all the time or Instagram pictures. That should scare you to death in your brand because if your customers are bringing in pictures of other artists' work, they are already looking to replace you. So you better up your game on your social media now. Boom, shakalaka. And I can give you a class on how to do it. (laughs) Turn those hashtags into dollar signs. And you offer, um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's just talking BS, but yeah. you totally open your books. I come to the salon. I have something. I created it this year. We'd had people come in for the past couple of years, but it's an official thing now. It's called the Shadow Project, and uh, we allow artists to come in. They can see how we work. Associates can come in and see how we use our associates. You can come in and shadow our front desk. You can shadow managers, owners. We will open our actual books up to you so you can see everything down to our profit and loss. You can see how much money we've invested into 401K. We show you everything. There's no no holes barred there. And so um, we had four this week. One of the ladies came down from Boston, and she was literally blown away. 25 years salon owner. She was like, I can't believe I didn't know so much of this information. Wow. wow. And that, that's open to anybody. That's Anybody. Yeah, because at the end of the day, nothing's yours until you give it away. 
give it away, give it away. That doesn't mean I'm now. giving it away. There's a charge. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> right. I'm a businessman. But um, it's a very low cost to come hang out in the salon, and it is a super, super intense day of immersion, and we show you every detail. And that's just like during a regular work day? Yes. You just come and sweat mm-hmm. it out? Yep. If I come down, am I going to have to do shampoos and blow dries? Nope. We'll give you one. Well, you don't, we'll do your beard. Right. <laughs> I'm always scared by that. I know, right. right. What are they going to do with the beard? <laughs> Either his level or my level. <laughs> your pick. So, um, Daniel, what made you want to get into the industry to begin with? Becoming a hairdresser was a total, pretty much like, Accident. I was working in the funeral home as a hairstyle, or not as a hair, I was an embalmer and funeral director, and we had a lady that broke her hip at the funeral home, and I, we had six bodies that night, and I had to do hair. So, and I discovered I was good at it. So then I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. The funeral home got weary. Like, I was working basically 24 hours a day. People can't plan their time of death. So I would be doing funerals all day long, funeral planning, running to death certificates and all the stuff. And then uh, at nighttime, I would embalm all night long. So I was like, I can't do this. So I became a hairdresser. I had no idea I was going to be good at it. Surprise. And that's podcast number one. Podcast number one. Uh, Daniel, what, quali- what qualities do you look for when you are hiring a new associate? I love you, Jackie. <laughs> Um, so what do I look for when I'm hiring an associate? I look for attitude. Attitude is the biggest thing that I look for because I cannot train you to be kind, but I can train you to be a hell of a hairdresser. Out in the broker room for the rest of their air quote career. So if they're looking at the retail area, I know they're serious about the business. That was one of the questions I had is, you know, how do you train someone to have that kind of mentality of, hey, I want to do a million dollars a year? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, all the things that you described, uh, even myself, I fall short on a lot of those things where I drop the ball. And that's probably why I don't make a million dollars a year. <laughs> yet. Yet. There's time. Yet. Right. Right. Yeah. If uh, What's his name? Joe? Joe. If Joe can do Joe it. Joe can do it. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Joe ain't got no, no Tony. Right. <laughs> um, any more questions? Please ask away because... So I guess to the same thing, like, do you hire? Uh, how would you approach taking? How would you approach taking an existing salon with an existing staff that does really, really well, but you want them to have more of that um, spirit and passion back? How would you? How would you turn that around? I guess you'd say. That's an amazing and brilliant question. I feel like the number one. Remember I said earlier in in life you have two things. You have a problem and solution. So you need to take the staff one-on-one and identify what their problems are. And how inside of you taking ownership of this new company, creating a culture shift in your own way, how can you solve their problems through what it is that you have to offer? I can tell that you're a kind soul already. So I know that you have a servant's heart. So let them know that it's about them. And when we step outside of self and let people know that it's about them, we win every single time. If that helps. Oh, yeah. No, I... So, and do a survey monkey. Find out their motivators. What motivates you as an individual? There's so many online personality tests that you can take as well to find out 
who your leaders are inside the company. There's the DISC test that's dominant information systems and control. So you can find out who is going to be leaders inside the salon. We did that inside of our company for people that might be more geared toward event planning. So if we were to have an in-salon blow-dry event, grabbing one of the stylists that really loves focusing on that. It's typically, typically going to be the person that gets really excited about planning a wedding or a birthday party. That's the person that you want to be in charge of your your event marketing in the salon. Somebody that's super organized would be in charge of your inventory. So just getting everyone, once everybody has a piece of the pie, you're literally unstoppable. The quote, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. So getting them to see your vision, and then I'm telling you, like it, it, it's such a beautiful time right now because I'm, I'm pinged every single day a million times on my social media, people that are looking for team environments. So what happens with those, like, people that are really content of where they are and they don't want to participate or partake into the overall vision. Sometimes breakups are good. So if I have someone in my salon that's just content being status quo and our company's growing, sometimes it's a really hard conversation to have, but we invite them to explore options so that they can go where they can be mediocre because we're, we're winning at Muse Salon and Spa. What, um, what does that conversation sound like? And, I, and I, I'm going to assume, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that's not the first conversation. No. Right. So no. how many chances do you give? Or, or? Way too many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know that you're supposed to hire fast or hire slow and fire fast. I know that. I've heard it from every single corporation in America. But sometimes for me we have to think about what if somebody would have given up on me i wouldn't be where i am like if that funeral home in podcast one if they had not have allowed me to live there i would have been homeless number one dead number two and so if if somebody had given up on me then i wouldn't be where i am giving other people options so i try to be lenient as best i can but also not weak and what's that line look like i mean you know one of, I don't know if you guys have interviewed Johnny Stiletto mm-hmm. or Stiletto. He's amazing. And uh, he says, say it with love. And I think that's the biggest thing that you can do is say everything with love and let people know that you're coming from a, an affirming place. So I would say to a team member that is just resistant, you know, look, hey, I, we've sat down for the past six months and looked at your evalu- evaluations thoroughly. Your numbers are actually declining. The company is up 13, 14%, and you're going backwards. What's going on? You know, are you okay? Is it an education piece? Because me as a leader, my job is to, my obligation is to make sure that they have everything they need to be successful. If I've given them everything in my power to be successful and they still choose to be mediocre, now we have to have a bigger conversation. You know, you know that our culture here when we hired you was about moving forward growth inspiration dedication and giving back to the community it appears to me that you no longer wish to be a part of this company and there's nothing worse than seeing you sit here in my company and you've already quit months ago but you decided to stay so there's a company for you it's just not here there's conversations that we have a lot of times you know you might be on the wrong, the right bus, but the wrong seat. <laughs> and That's it, true. If I can't change your seat, we have to change buses. Wow, that's mm. powerful stuff right there, man. Yeah, 
Thanks for that question. That was amazing. That, yeah, was, that yeah. was really good. So you're really good. <laughs> if uh, but you have all, but you you see exactly because you keep track of everything that's you know that's going on. You know exactly what area in their career yes. that they're sliding. If it's retail, if it's pre-booking, if it's consultation, if it is just generating sales, whatever it is, I we have those, and they have that information. It's posted every month, so you can see where you're performing and where you're not performing in the company. Actually, to kind of go back just a little bit, um, and then we'll, we'll try to wrap up a little. Um, so in your level system, mm -hmm. what, what, what are the criteria for the level system? And not necessarily numbers, but, but what do you, what do you what, like, like Tony said, what are, you, um, what are you marking or paying attention to? So it, it really is their performance level. So it comes down to what they're generating dollar-wise. It comes down to the retail what is their pre-booking? And is retail percent? like a percentage or, yes. or is it a unit? You know, uh, units. Okay. So if you're a level four or five or definitely level six in our company, if you see 20 guests in a day, we expect you to sell 20 pieces of retail. Oh, my gosh. And your, your percentage will be, say, if you're a level six versus a level three, you both, you know, it, you sell 10 units each, the percentage is going to be higher on the level three, right? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And we pay them 20% commission on retail, so why would you not want to sell it? 20%? Wow. 20%. What's the average? Like 10%? 10%. How are you doing that? Because quality, or quantity, is volume. And you got to remember, I put a million dollars a year in the company. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I don't put so, okay. a million in the company, but, but 500. You're bringing it, you're bringing it yeah. right. Yeah. So, so money, retail, and what's the other one? Um, the other is there like a pre-book? Pre-booking. Okay. And, you know, this is something that we, we show inside of our coaching. But when you have a, a computer screen that's looking at you and you're a guest coordinator and you're booking your stylist, we put our stylists that are the highest pre-bookers on the far left-hand side of the screen. They are the ones rewarded the walk-ins and the call-ins. If your pre-booking is 20%, your customers don't want to see you. So why would I, as a business owner, market and put somebody new in your chair that you're not going to retain. So the people that have the highest pre-booking are the ones that are rewarded. And That's money right there. And that keeps, it, that keeps it fair. There's so much information like this in our shadow project, so make sure you sign up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what that looks like is even if you're a brand-new artist and you only saw one customer for the day and you pre-book that one customer, you're at 100%. So it's not playing favorites with level five, level six. Everybody has even playing field in our company. Right. Wow. Even when we do retail promotions and contests, we do, instead of saying you have to hit 30%, what we do is we say whoever has the highest percentage growth over 20% over the quarter is going to be the person that wins. So that means if you only sold $200 worth of retail last quarter because you're brand new, but now you sold 20% over that, or if you sold 20000 in retail and 20%, it doesn't matter as long as you're having that increased sell. So no one can sense. ever point their finger at us as leaders and say, you're not fair. We're very fair. Right. Wow. Okay. So uh, pre-book is retention one of them? Yes. And what, what are the other criteria? Uh, pre-book, average dollar per, per guest. Um, my gosh, I'm on the spot. <laughs> uh, money per day, like average ticket per day. Average ticket. Every so ticket, okay. yeah, yeah. Because that's huge. Mm -hmm. You know, 
that's the other thing that we do too. If your day is only six hundred dollars, you're going in. You only have six hundred dollars worth of customers on the book for the day. We add on twenty percent every single day. We teach you how to do that, and so you want to add on one hundred and twenty dollars worth of sales. So four conditioning treatments, two color glosses, whatever it is. That way, you have a roadmap to success. That's strong. Yeah, that you uh, you introduced that to me a while ago when when you came over to. Symmetry, and, and you were writing all that out, and I was like... It's important. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I look at it like this, guys. If you're driving your car, you get in your car, and you're going to put in Waze, right? So you're going to get in Waze. Waze doesn't register where you are currently in destination. How in the world are you going to know where you're going if you don't know where you are? True that. True that. Right? That, yeah, <laughs> So absolutely. when I when I am in big shows, I'll have just tons of hairdressers i'm like who knows their average dollar per client and i'll have three people in the whole audience raise their hands i'm like and then the people that two of them will be like well i think it's like 150 like (laughs) you think or you know like i know mine is 209 dollars average ticket right now period done my pre-booking right now is 100 percent done my units of retail are 1.2 to customer so meaning for every 10 customers i'm selling 10.2 10.2 pieces of retail. So I know all of my numbers all the time. So I know where I am and where I need to go. It's a matter of not being lazy. Exactly. That's it, right? <laughs> That's exactly. it, right? You know, <laughs> actually, he, you brought up something, and I don't know if you brought it up in the last podcast or if we talked off air about it, but how, um, how our industry is giving up retail. Oh, we're throwing it away. And I'll go into Facebook and these groups, and the hairdressers just love to bitch and moan about it. They're like, oh, um, this store, that store, online, they're selling it. Everywhere I go, they're selling these big brands. The big brands are selling out. No, the big brands had a dream to own a business, and they had to be successful. And because they placed it in our hands, the, what they thought were the professionals, and we got lazy we dropped the ball, but they still had a vision to be successful. So they had to figure out another way to be successful without us. And that's why they did it. So you're saying like they, we gave it up. We gave up retail. We gave it away. Yeah, we can't blame anybody for our failure. We did it. I think that's the thing that so many of us do is we don't take responsibility for our own failure. I kind of want to end this on a positive note. but No, I'm it's true. It is positive because what's positive is that hairdressers need to like wake up and realize that they're never going to retire and that they're always going to be laughed at when these kids say they go into beauty school nowadays their parents cry because they're like i don't want my kid to be a hairdresser they're a bunch of unprofessional buffoons that gossip all day long well we branded ourselves that way so that's what we get but until we make the culture shift and start letting people know that we're earning six figures work in limited hours, changing lives, bettering the communities, do whatever it is that we're really doing out there, until we change that image of who we are, that's our brand. We did that. I think it's a good spot. I know, right? Just saying. (laughs) Well, Mr. Daniel Mason-Jones. Great to be here. Once again, thank you very, very much for joining us on Your Day Off. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review. 
on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>